You're listening to the Birth Matters Podcast, episode 25. When they say like, you know, you're kind of on like a high for like that first hour, that was absolutely 100% what it felt like. It was absolutely euphoric. I was just so in love. <laughs> I just, I remember like seeing him when he was first born, I just like started immediately like bawling my eyes out because it was just the most amazing thing. You know, mm-hmm. like you feel them moving for nine months, you talk to them, you sing to them, you do all these things and then like they're there and it's like, wow, you're real. Like I made that. <laughs> yeah. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Hey there, and welcome to the Birth Matters Show. I'm your host, Lisa Graves-Taylor, founder of Birth Matters NYC Childbirth Education and Labor Support. This show is here to lessen your overwhelm on the journey into parenthood by equipping and encouraging you with current best evidence info and soulful interviews with parents and birth pros. Please keep in mind the information on this show is not intended as medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please know that we welcome your feedback on the show. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to hear or learn in future episodes. Reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Birth Matters NYC, or you can email us at podcast at birthmattersnyc.com. In today's episode, Anne shares details of her experience giving birth for the first time. Her labor progresses more quickly than most first labors, and she explains how they called an ambulance when she thought she felt the baby's head. She'll describe that she was, indeed, very close to pushing upon arrival at the hospital, though not quite as far along as she had thought. After she shares her birth story, she'll also explain how her birth inspired her to move into birth and postpartum doula work as she relocated to be closer to family in southwest Florida. She also talks a bit about her Christian faith and her favorite song for labor, which is linked in the show notes for this episode over at birthmattersshow.com. Before we begin today's story, this episode is brought to you by the Natural Breastfeeding Online Course. Are you wondering what breastfeeding will be like? Have you heard it's really hard and really painful from friends? I'd like to share with you this fantastic online course that was created by top breastfeeding experts. In the Natural Breastfeeding Online course, here are just a few things you'll learn. That breastfeeding doesn't have to be painful and it shouldn't be, and how the position you breastfeed in can make all the difference in the world. The 40-day blueprint to maximize milk production and help you meet your long-term goals, including returning to work. How to relax while breastfeeding so you don't have to choose between getting your rest and feeding your baby. How to prepare your home environment for safety and convenience. How to identify when you need to get help and where to find it. And the most common reasons breastfeeding derails. The course is broken down into 60 brief videos, each titled as common questions new breastfeeding parents have. So you can pick and choose the questions you have or go through all of it. While the regular price of the course is $147, because I'm a professional member, I'm thrilled to offer this course to you at a steep discount. To learn more or grab the course, visit the show notes for this episode at birthmattersshow.com or visit birthmattersnyc.com links and click the Natural Breastfeeding Online Course button. Now let's get started with today's birth story. Welcome to the Birth Matters Podcast. Today I have Anne Morris with me, and I'm so glad you're here. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Let us know where you are in your parenting journey. Sure. So my name's Anne Morris. I'm a mom to Zion. He's a year and a half. So he was born March 31st, 2018. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. 
And you used to live here in New York City, but you since have relocated. You want to share where you are now? Yes, I live in Sarasota, Florida. So nice and sunny. Unfortunately, we don't have fall season here yet, but hoping it gets here soon. <laughs> Some of us wouldn't mind, well, maybe not the fall so much, but the missing the winter. <laughs> I might want to hibernate in Florida. <laughs> winter in Florida. So also you're going to be sharing not only your birth story, but later on maybe we'll talk about your journey into birth work because Anne is a birth doula and postpartum doula as well. Yes. Great. All right. Well, why don't you just jump into sharing any and everything you'd like to share about your birth story? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. So I discovered I was pregnant after getting home from a two week missions trip to Zambia, Africa, which was kind of crazy. Wow. I missed a period when I was there and I got a little, you know, I was, I was thinking I could be pregnant, but I was also like, well, I've been traveling. So it could be the foods I've been eating, you know, whatever. But yeah, lo and behold, found out I was pregnant the day after I got home. So wow. that was kind of crazy. <laughs> My pregnancy was fairly easy. I felt so blessed. I didn't get sick too much. If, if I started to feel nauseous, I would just really breathe through it. And I was really grateful. I, I had a fairly easy pregnancy. I stayed pretty active all throughout my pregnancy as well. I took some prenatal yoga classes, which I think also really ended up helping me a lot in, in labor as well. And I just, I walked a lot, you know, living in New York City, you have a very active lifestyle as it is. And I was also a teacher during that time um, that I was pregnant. So I was always on my feet with, with the little ones. And they were always super curious about, you know, the baby that was growing in my tummy would ask me a lot of questions about that. So that was a fun time. I was also a big researcher throughout my pregnancy. So, you know, I was constantly reading articles online about pregnancy and, you know, I wanted to take a childbirth ed class before I had the baby. And so I started looking into classes in my area. And one of my good friends, actually, from my school that I was working at, she recommended Lisa Taylor's Birth Matters class. So <laughs> I ended up signing up for that. And I believe it was maybe two months before my due date. So I was kind of cutting it close there towards the end. <laughs> but I signed up for her class and that was super, super helpful. It just it was not only like super informative, but it was also very practical, gave us a lot of tips on how to cope with the labor pains and contractions and um, what to do in the interim uh, to rest and breathing techniques and all that fun stuff. And also with attending her class, it encouraged me to get a doula. And so I started looking for a doula. I interviewed a couple. And were you familiar with a, a doula before class? Honestly, not really. I mean, I had heard of them in some of the research I had done, but just hearing like exactly everything that my body was going to go through, it just really solidified that like I would need more support than just my husband. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, that was very, very solidifying for me. And so yeah, I ended up hiring um, my doula, Vanessa. Um, we clicked really well. Do you mind me just asking, how did you find her? So let me think. I had a few friends at the time who had just given birth. They had little babies and they both had doulas. And so they had connected me to a few girls. Money was pretty tight at that time. And so I truthfully, I couldn't afford the first girl that I interviewed. And then the second one that I interviewed, she was in the process of certifying. And so she was able to really work with me on like the sliding scale, which was very helpful. And it also just really helped that I clicked with her really well. So um, just by word of mouth. Yeah. And so, yeah, I ended up working until I was 38 weeks. 
So I took those last couple of weeks to just, you know, finalize the apartment and, you know, get everything ready. And then on the night before my due date, March 30th, around 10 p.m., I laid down to go to bed for the night and I started to feel just like some, I don't know, <laughs> abdominal cramps, I guess you could say. And I'd read that like, you know, Braxton Hicks contractions can come. But I mean, also knowing I was so close to my due date, I knew that this could also be the real thing. And so I notified my doula that like I had started to feel some cramps and she encouraged me to just rest throughout them because, you know, with the first baby it can take a long time, right? So I tried to rest, but very quickly I realized like I was not going to be able to rest because they started coming pretty close together. I would say like three to every three or four minutes, like within like that first hour, they started to really pick up and I started timing them. And I, you know, was on the phone with my doula and she would help me breathe through them and she would help me like find different positions. So I kept doing that. And over the course of the next probably two hours, I moved into the shower and laboring the shower was so helpful. I included in my birth story on my blog that water is nature's epidural. And I think I probably learned that from you, Lisa. Yeah. Yes. I always call it that because I experienced the same thing in my first birth. It was uh, at least in, in a bath. I didn't do the shower, but both of those can be so helpful, right? Yes. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why. I just, I didn't really want to sit. Nothing in me felt like the bath was a good idea. So standing and just having the water go on my lower back was super helpful because the, I don't know, I guess some of the, some of the labor pains were, were definitely my back, my lower back. And so that water was super, super, super helpful. Also like sitting on the toilet <laughs> was very helpful as well. Cause it helped me like open up my, um, my hips a lot. And then also like swaying with my husband, like having my arms wrapped around his neck and like swaying and like um, using like vocalization. That was super helpful too. And then at some point throughout this process, I would say it's probably around now like 2.33 in the morning, I felt the sensation to just use the bathroom. And so as I was standing up from using the toilet, I realized like I could feel something down there as I was wiping. And I don't know if that's TMI, but it really freaked me out. And at this point, like the contractions were coming pretty close. And I, I don't know, maybe I should have made the call sooner about going to the hospital. But, you know, after everything I'd learned, I'd read and heard that these labors, they can take a long time. So I was like, no, I don't want to go too early. And didn't you say that Demo kept saying, are you sure you don't want to go? Are you sure? Like, yeah. shouldn't we go? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> it was really hard for him to see me in pain, you know? And so he kept asking me and I was like, no, no, I think it's too soon. But I really, I missed my window to go, <laughs> to go to the hospital on my own. So I actually ended up having Demo, my husband, call um, the ambulance because I just, I could no longer walk. And I was very worried that I could actually feel the baby's head. I later learned it was not his head at all. <laughs> it was, I believe it was just the um, amniotic sac, but yeah, I did the exact same thing with my second baby's birth. When I reached down, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the baby's head. And then I was forgetting that, oh no, the bag hasn't released yet. <laughs> right, right. It really, I mean, it spooked me. I did not want to have that baby in our apartment either. So I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's play it safe. Please just call the ambulance. So we did. 
So I took an ambulance to the hospital, which was my first time in an ambulance, which was very intense. And as you can imagine, like me, I'm like sitting here, my doula still is not with us in person because I'm still in my head thinking like, no, it's okay. Like it's too soon for you to come. Um, I'll get through it. Um, And so bless her heart. She's on the phone with me as these four men come into our apartment (laughs) and I'm like, oh no, like this is going to mess me all up. Like I know like a change in like the atmosphere can like really mess up your labor. And she's like, (laughs) helping me like talk through it, you know, God bless her. She did so good. But it really, it didn't mess me up at all. Like we got to the hospital within like six minutes because it was in the middle of the night and I was 10 centimeters when I got there. That's amazing. Awesome. I was like, thank God, because I can't do this much longer. Like, And so what time, I think you said it was 10 when your contractions started, 10 p.m. And this this was around when? So I'd say we got to the hospital because he was born at like 5.15. Oh, shoot. I'm looking back on my birth story to see if it says it. I believe he was born at like 5.15 or like 5.06. So I would say we got to the hospital by about 4.00 something because I didn't push for long. Yeah. So, so between like 10 and like three 30 and then about three 30 is when we called the ambulance. Yeah. So um, you definitely had a shorter than the average first labor for sure. Cause I like 18 hours is the average for a first labor. Yeah. Definitely way on the shorter side. I keep telling myself in my head, right? That's why I kept <laughs> sure. Well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But like, no, I, I guess I have a high pain tolerance. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but in my head, I'm like, I don't want I don't want unnecessary interventions. I don't want to get to the <laughs> Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we, um, we got to uh, Mount Sinai West is where I delivered. So um, they, they were able to take me there, which I was so happy about. Um, and yeah. Was it a doctor you knew or a care provider <laughs> you knew? I can't remember who you were with, but. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, she, she wasn't my, um, my normal doctor. And, um, at that point I did not care one bit. I just want to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. At that point in labor, definitely. Yeah. You just want to meet your baby. <laughs> yeah. so pretty much. I was whisked through, um, the triage very quickly. Um, they brought me up to a room and the doctor came in and she was like, or I don't know if she was a midwife or an OB. I think she was just an OB. Um, and the OB, she came in and she said, okay, are you ready to meet your baby? And I was like, okay, <laughs> not really, but okay, which was, that was pretty cool, um, and so, yeah, I, I pushed through, I think, three or four contractions, um, and he came out, and I used, um, I used a lot of vocalization, to put it lightly, to, to, to push, um, and I remember my doula, she did make it to the hospital in time. Okay, good, I was wondering. Yeah, she was able to get me some ice chips um, for mm-hmm. in between, and then she also got me a really nice, like, cool washcloth, and she put it on my forehead, uh, and she said, hey, like, I can remember the relief that I had, like, in between pushing when she put the washcloth on my forehead. That was so, so, so helpful. Yeah. Um, so I always do that at the births that I attend now if they want it. <laughs> yeah, because you often feel so hot at yes. that point in labor, especially. Yes. Yeah, that's, that washcloth is, is one of the best doula tricks. <laughs> Absolutely. Highly recommend. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, then he came out and he, he cried right away, which was really awesome. And they, they put him on my chest. So I was able to do skin to skin right away, which was great. And then after like a few minutes of that, they did take him away to do like the, you know, the little checks. Um, But he was like breathing fine on me. So he had good APGAR scores, which was wonderful. And it was just, I mean, when they say like, you know, 
you're kind of on like a high for like that first hour that was absolutely 100% what it felt like it was absolutely euphoric I was just so in love <laughs> I just I remember like seeing him when he was first born I just like started immediately like bawling my eyes out because it was just the most amazing thing you know mm-hmm. like you feel them moving for nine months you talk to them you sing to them you do all these things and then like they're there and it's like wow you're real like I made that <laughs> yeah um, it was a beautiful beautiful moment mm-hmm. so yeah i that was that was my birth. <laughs> wow. And did Demo get any like skin to skin after? Uh, he didn't do skin to skin, no. Um, but he held him right away. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> cool. And then so uh do you want to share either about your birth into your journey into birth work and or how your the rest of your stay in the hospital was? I don't know if there's anything to note or about early breastfeeding, any of that stuff. So, yeah, my experience in the hospital was interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I only stayed one night because he was born so early in that morning. So I, I stayed that full day and then that night and then I stayed the next full day and we left um, the following evening. Um, and I, I was in a shared room, which was really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, like, I think I was on like the tail end of one family leaving and so then I so I was technically oh. Two at one. oh wow in such a small window of time right, right. which was you know was, I mean they do their best right to like make you feel comfortable because there's like the the wraparound like privacy thing but but all the noise and all the, all the disruptions noise, really sleep super well and yeah, it was just kind of rough. I did um, attend their, the like hospital had like a daily like breastfeeding um, 101 crash course type thing from like two to three every day. So I went to that. The next day was Easter. So I spent Easter in the hospital, which is kind of cool. April 1st. April um, Fool's Easter. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. I forgot that those fell on the same day recently. Wow. That's a good point. I forgot about that. But yeah, so I, I went to that and it was helpful. I unfortunately did not really have a super successful breastfeeding relationship with my little one. I actually exclusively pumped for a good chunk of his first year, which was great. I mean, I was so thankful to be able to do that. But yeah, I could have, I think if I would have had like more, I don't know if I would have hired a postpartum doula, maybe it would have been super helpful, I think, to have just more support in with breastfeeding. Because, you know, I had my mom, I had my husband to help me, but like my mom did not breastfeed us, me and my sister. And so like in that regard, like, you know, I didn't have any of that kind of support. And so, yeah, that was, it was, and that was hard too, to reconcile. Cause like, I think you go in, I mean, you know, hoping to be able to breastfeed at least. And mm-hmm. then when it's like, just not clicking, you know, that was disappointing for sure. And amidst all those hormonal changes and everything, it can really just make it all the more emotional and challenging and sometimes even trigger depression in people. And it's, I mean, it's not worth that. I feel like, I feel like, you know, fed baby is best. Let's not like put so much pressure on ourselves that, that it brings that about that, that kind of level of challenging emotions and yeah yeah, so we need more support don't we like you were just saying we so need not only for birth but so much for postpartum yeah and it's just something that's really 
neglected in our society. We're just not, it's not structured in that way. In fact, I just recently interviewed another student who was talking about how she works in the hospital where she gave birth and she felt like there was such a lack of anticipatory guidance. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's so important for them to say, okay, when you get home, here are the new challenges you're going to be facing. And they don't ever do that. At least I've never heard of anybody in our city, in any hospital or birthing environment. Well, maybe midwife, home birth midwives, maybe, <laughs> um, but not, not in the hospitals to give that, that anticipatory guidance. Like it's just sort of in the moment guidance, which is very different from when your milk comes in and all this different new stuff is happening. Right. So I hope that we'll, over time, realize that and make strides toward better support for women. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was grateful. I mean, I was able to, you know, pump and he, he only had breast milk for the first three months of life. And then he started, I think it was like a, all of a sudden a growth spurt because it was like, oh my gosh, like I just don't have enough. So I started supplementing with formula around three months. So, I mean, I'm proud of myself for, for that. <laughs> Absolutely. You should be. Yeah. But then, yeah. So, so with everything that I had gone through, you know, with my pregnancy and with delivery and then with all of the postpartum beautiful highs and the hard lows, I just was like, oh my gosh, like if it weren't for like the help that I did have, where would I be right now? You know, like that was a lot. Becoming a mother is an identity shift, you know? Um, I Huge. Mean, I, I like to quote this one quote. It's like, you know, birth is not just the birth of a child, it's the birth of a mother. Totally. Yeah. Um, so really, I mean, my own personal experiences are what led me to look into first becoming a postpartum doula. I did my training in New York City in, let's see, August of 2018. So just a, you know, a few months after my son was born. Do you mind my asking with what organization? Uh, Donut International. Oh, that's my, my organization as well. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, with Ann Gruer. Shout out to Ann. And that was awesome. I learned so much from that training. And it was just like, it's so solidified that like, I should be doing this work, especially like, you know, having a new baby at home and like learning it all firsthand, you know, wanting to help other women um, in their journeys and postpartum. And then after walking through that training and doing some of the readings and just digging into that whole world, I realized, what am I doing? Like just doing postpartum, like I need to, I need to do birth too. <laughs> so after I moved down to Florida, I found another training or another trainer that would be training here in January. So a few months later, I got trained through Dona as well to be a birth worker. So I'm currently uh, working towards certification in both postpartum and birth. Great. And it's so nice to be both for your clients because it's so nice to have that option to have that continuity of care absolutely. for, for someone who wants both that support before and after birth. Nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, it's been so great. It's been so rewarding. Yeah. It's, it's such a privilege. Like I was at the last birth I attended, I just couldn't stop thinking about like, how as a doula like I see things that nobody else in their life will ever see you know and you know sometimes these people are complete strangers and in this example this is one of my very good friends but just to even be a part of that in a friend's life like let alone as like a, a person you've met with a couple times you know and then to be able to attend their birth like that is just the greatest gift you know to be able to support 
a family during that time, not only the woman, but her partner as well. So it's just been so rewarding and um, just hearing from people afterwards and just hearing how like I did help. It's just so reassuring and confirming that like I'm walking in the path that I'm supposed to be. So Mm -hmm. that's rewarding. (laughs) That's wonderful. And I'll be sure to put in the show notes for anyone who is either looking for a doula, uh, whether that's birth or postpartum. Um, If someone is thinking about pursuing this work, I'll be sure to put the Dona website in the show notes. That's just one of many great certifying organizations. It's the, I think it was the first doula certifying organization. It it may be the largest. There are others as well, but since we're talking about Dona specifically, and since that's where both of us sought out our certifications as a doula, I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Great. Um, So I was curious, a couple things. Are, do you have any specific things to share, points of wisdom or thoughts for expectant parents or new parents from your birth, from your pregnancy, from your parenting journey thus far? Mm. For birth, be flexible. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Yes. <laughs> because every good birth plan is meant to kind of be, you know, not able. Not necessarily tossed out the window, but let's just say, I, I, I don't like to call them birth plans anymore. I call yes. them preferences. Absolutely. Or priorities. Yeah. <laughs> because um, you might want one thing in an, in an ideal birth situation. This might be what you want, but in the moment, um, what you might have wanted, you know, prior to being in labor now might be different. And, you know, once you get in the heat of the moment, say you want it to go all natural, and you just feel like you can't, like, you know, having the epidural is okay. You know, like those plans were meant to be malleable and changed. So definitely be flexible when it comes to birth. (laughs) Um, And that flexibility is a good approach toward parenting as well, because these little human beings are very unpredictable as well. (laughs) So it's kind of good practice. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I'd say like for postpartum, like reach out. Like whoever your tribe is, don't try to do it alone. Um, I think having good supportive community around you is so, so important. And that's like not just your partner, you know, like that means like extended family or friends in your area or, you know, if the means are there to hire professionals to come in um, to help, you know, for maybe a few hours a day or a few hours a week, just like not trying to do it alone because Mm. yeah, having a baby's, it's a lot. It's a lot on you. It's a lot on your partner. It's a lot on your relationship. It's a lot on you physically. Like whether you have your baby vaginally or by cesarean, like it's still you're still recovering. You know, in the Absolutely. process of learning how to take care of an infant, and so um, your own body's going through a lot of changes. So you know, definitely like reaching out to your tribe and not feeling like you have to do it all on your own. Uh, I think that's really really important. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit for those who aren't familiar with what a postpartum doula does in practical ways? What does a postpartum doula sometimes do? So when you bring a new baby home from the hospital for the first time or for the second time or for the third time, it's hard to go about doing like the daily things that were so easy before. So for example, like being able to take a hot shower might not even be realistic for your first week. And if you have a postpartum doula there, we can definitely support you in the fact that we can hold your baby 
while you go take a shower, you know, for 10 minutes. And I just talked to somebody today who's pregnant with her second, and she was talking about how therapeutic the shower is when you're a new mom. <laughs> and I've heard that so many times from new moms. So that is golden. Yeah. I, I remember my first shower after being home and I told my mom that was like a day at the spa because that was amazing. <laughs> Something so simple, right? But as a postpartum doula, I basically like fill in the gaps. So I want to support the family and however they need support. If they're used to having, you know, their lunch and their dinner, like at a certain time, like I can help meal prep for them for the next couple of days. Um, or I can just help prepare the meal then and, you know, serve it to her while she's breastfeeding. Um, I can offer breastfeeding support tips, um, you know, different, trying different positions, watching for the latch, making sure baby's latching well. Um, you know, we can help with laundry. I mean, laundry piles up with having a new baby, yours or theirs. Um, so I can help with that, you know, maybe helping with sibling adjustment. If there's an older sibling in the home and, you know, they're maybe having a hard time with adjusting to having a new baby brother or sister, I can help offer, you know, tips on that. If mom is worried about taking the baby out to run errands by herself, I can go run an errand with them. So it's, it's all very like practical ways of helping basically when you have a new baby around. So and they're in Florida or for just you personally with your business, do you, how does the pricing structure, do you just charge by the hour or do you charge a flat fee for the first front end minimum amount of time or how does that work? So for now I'm charging per hour. I have also met doulas down here that offer packages. So I'm still trying to figure out what works for me. Sure. For right now I'm, I'm, I am doing it by the hour for mm-hmm. postpartum work. Yeah. Yeah. I always just want to point out, usually there's at least at some point, the ability to just kind of decide how much or how little you need that support. Whereas like with a birth doula, it's like a flat rate usually with, you know, for the whole package of services. As you're doing all of your required reading for the postpartum doula certification, do you have any favorite books? Hmm. Well, it's interesting you ask that because I'm actually reading a book right now about twins, like having twins or just multiples in general. And that's been super interesting because me, I had a singleton. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't need to learn anything about having twins or more than that. So that has been really incredible to read about. Do you happen to remember the title? I think it's called Having Twins and More. Because I, it's funny, I just gave a bunch of twins books to a client who started class with me yesterday. And I'm just curious if it was in that pile that a doula collective had passed on their books that they were just getting rid of, but I'll try to, maybe we can email afterwards and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. And have you read the, the book, the fourth trimester? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. I'm sure they'll be adding it to the required reading for Dona's certification. It's my new favorite book on postpartum. So, so good. It's so thorough. It really covers everything that popped into my head, like thinking, oh, I wonder if she'll cover this. I wonder if she'll cover this. And she did. And more. It was just really, really, to me, really the best book that I've read on postpartum. Another book that I actually really enjoyed reading, and you can let me know if you've heard of this one too. It's called The Wonder Weeks. I have it on my shelf and I need to read it. I have not read it, but a client recommended it. Yeah. Several people have recommended it actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And it also helps give like, it helps give me even peace with having like a six month old, seven month old with reading it. It kind of explains those developmental leaps that 
every child just naturally goes through. So it explains like maybe like if there's a difference in their behavior one day, it could explain kind of why. Um, it explains like what they're going through and what they're kind of learning during this time. So, and it does it based on like not their age. I believe that they do it based on the birth date or due date. I can't remember which one it was, but it's very, very interesting. So, it, but it goes chronologically, you're saying? Yes. Like, yeah, okay. I, I really appreciated that as a parent. There was a similar but older book when I gave birth, you know, 14 years ago for the first time that, that I loved because I, yeah, it broke, broke it down into like week by week and just yeah. really, really helpful to have that step-by-step -step kind yeah. of education, but easily digestible too, because it's like small and, you know, spaced out by weeks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that recommendation. Yeah. Well. Nice. Let's talk gratitude. I, I'm just curious, is there anything today or in your parenting journey that you are particularly grateful for? And it can be one thing, it can be more than one thing. Just curious. That's a good question. I'm definitely grateful for like the community that I have found um, in, in Sarasota. I am a part of a church down here and in attending that church, I found uh, like a really wonderful mom's group. And so we have, we, we meet every other week um, and it's great. They have childcare available, which is wonderful because I don't have to worry about, you know, coordinating that ahead of time. And yeah, it's just been great. Like, you know, just, you know, women who are, some of them are in similar seasons as I am, but you know, some of them have grown children, some of them have toddlers, you know, everything in between. Um, but that's been really wonderful because I'm able to connect with, you know, like-minded people and, you know, moms yeah. and, we can, you know, just be there to support and encourage and uplift one another. So that's, that's something I'm definitely thankful for. It took me a while to find down here, yeah. but when I did, I, I, it was worth the wait. <laughs> oh, that community is so important. <laughs> Expectant parents, find your, find your family, find your community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially helpful to, to find friendships with people who ha are having babies around the same time, you know, in the ballpark within a few months or so, just because it's, that's golden to be able to share the joys and share the heartaches <laughs> and the challenges <laughs> as well. And just have that support. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. I, mean, I, can, I can rattle off more than I'm grateful for if you want. I, I mean, I definitely feel. Oh, like I'm all for like gratitude. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Me too. Sure. I'm also really grateful for uh, my health and, um, my little boy's health as well. He's a very, very active toddler. He's yeah. a year and a half now and he's just running all the time and learning new things and climbing and <laughs> in like the midst of the chaos and like the, you know, nothing's ever clean anymore or like, you know, there's right. stuff everywhere all the time. Um, yeah. You I, just kind of have to make peace with that. Right. <laughs> I know something I have to do on a daily basis really is just making peace with the fact that like life truly will never be the same again. And like, that's okay. Because like he adds so much more than, you know, just mess. Like he adds like so much laughter and so much joy. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for that, you know, for our health and, just for, yeah, yeah, for having a healthy, a healthy little boy. He's so fun. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share before I ask the music question that we talked about before we I hit record? Um, hmm. No, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm super grateful I took the childbirth ed, ed class. I'll just plug you in again, Lisa, because like, honestly, your class was so helpful and I'm so grateful. And I encourage all of my clients to take childbirth ed classes now because of my experience that I have with you. So oh, that means <laughs> so much. Thank you, Anne. Yeah. Very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, last question I want to ask you, I noticed that on your blog, which I will link to in the show notes that you listed some, some worship songs that were great that you loved for your labor. Yeah. Is there one that you in particular really appreciated? Yeah. So I, in my blog, I list like maybe like 10 or 12 songs. And like the first one is called even when it hurts by Hillsong, Hillsong worship. Mm -hmm. And like, just even in like the the title of the song, even when it hurts, like you, I mean, yeah, labor. Hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, um, I put that one on and I just really resonated with it. And like, you know, I was expecting to maybe like go through the whole playlist, like during, you know, my time when my time came, but I really don't think I did. I think I just got really so used to like singing that song. You know, it says, even when it hurts, I will praise you. So I just, I kept playing that over and over and kept reminding myself that like, you know, even in life when, when things are going really hard or when things are not going our way, like we can still have things to, to be grateful for and to, you know, I'm a Christian. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I believe and believe in, you know, God's goodness, even when things aren't going well. So yeah, that song was very, very helpful. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. More gratitude. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> We're, I'm feeling a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for sharing all of this great stuff, your birth story, which I don't think I knew about the ambulance until you sent me your blog. I was like, what? <laughs> That's wild. Well, <laughs> it's a very exciting story. <laughs> yeah, a little too exciting. Oh, <laughs> a second, I don't want it to be that exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> that go. makes sense. Right when I start to feel a contraction, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah, that's probably wise. Next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> With the knowledge that it likely will go faster than last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you'll stay in touch and keep me posted on how your doula profession is going. I I want to support that any way I can, even from afar. So, and I'm always thrilled when students do enter the birth profession. It's really uh, just so exciting to me since it's such a passion for me. It's exciting to see when students catch that passion as well. So I wish you all the best with that and Thank let's you. stay in touch. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Lisa. Bye. That wraps up my nice chat with Ann Morris. If you decide to hire a doula, which if you know me, you know I highly recommend it, it's smart to interview more than one to ensure you're hiring the best fit for your and your partner's personality and needs. Ask yourself, will I feel comfortable with this person when I'm at my most vulnerable and potentially even physically naked? In the show notes, I'll link you to some good questions you could ask a potential doula that could help you make an informed decision. A recurring theme in the birth stories we've shared on this podcast has been how little expectant parents realize how much support is really needed in the first few months after having a baby. So at the risk of becoming a broken record, I highly recommend going through the postpartum plan that's linked in this episode's show notes and plan for support in the postpartum period to protect your wellness and get off to the best start possible. Part of this plan, depending on how much organic support you have around you, might include hiring a postpartum doula. 
In many cases, you can choose how much or how little you need this help. Some postpartum doulas will work on an hourly basis. Others will charge a front-end minimum for something like 8 or 10 hours, and then above and beyond that, you can pay them by the hour. Some of them do some light cooking or light cleaning. Some of them do overnights. So if you're considering hiring one, make a list of the things you might need and then ask about these things when you interview potential postpartum doulas. One thing I want to point out is the difference between a baby nurse or a baby nanny and a postpartum doula. Postpartum doulas more often have expertise in breastfeeding. Many people who hire a baby nurse find that the breastfeeding relationship ends up being undermined unintentionally. So if breastfeeding is a goal for you, I would much more highly recommend hiring a postpartum doula than a baby nurse, unless the baby nurse is also a lactation consultant or otherwise has a good deal of breastfeeding expertise and can effectively support those goals. Many postpartum doulas have a breastfeeding counselor certification of some kind and know, for example, that in the first six or so weeks after birth, it's important for the breast to be stimulated at least every two to three hours around the clock in order to establish the healthy milk supply that the baby needs. Many baby nurses would encourage a new mother to get a long stretch of sleep, which sounds awesome, but instead often backfires because the breasts just aren't being stimulated enough to establish a healthy supply. So this is a big reason that since most expectant parents aim to breastfeed or chest feed, I usually recommend seeking out specifically postpartum doula support. Okay, here's a sneak peek of what's up next week. But as a yoga teacher, I know how to drop into what it feels like if, when I'm in Shavasana, that same feeling. The night before Sierra came out, my husband and I, my husband is trained in meditation and we meditated the night before she came out because neither of us could sleep. So we just, I said, just, you know, like lead us sit, like just lead me through a meditation. And he did. And it was the nurse walked in and we're both like barely touching palms and they know what we're doing was meditating. And it helped us through just the emotional roller coaster of giving birth. A parting thought I'll leave with you today. Like Anne described, your body produces natural hormones that help you feel euphoric after birth and that magnify all the feels. Isn't that just the coolest? Thanks for listening to the Birth Matters podcast and be well. 